And let's get right to Annie Kidder, Executive Director of People for Education. She joins us as uh, we're in the midst of a one-day strike from Ontario Public High School teachers. She joins us here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Annie, good afternoon. Really appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on. No problem. And really wanted to pick your brain on a number of matters we're hearing from our listeners about and from teachers as well and kind of get the the viewpoint from your group who is a nonpartisan. And I want to start with this bump in average class size, which seems to be the real sticking point between the province and the teachers union. Now, the bump in average class size, we're looking at going from 22.5 to 25. Just how detrimental does people for education uh, think that is to education or is it in fact detrimental? Well, I think what's important about the class size discussion is that, in a way, it's not really about class size. It's really, it's all of the conversations end up being about money because um, school boards are funded based on numbers of students. So if you're funding on a ratio of for every 22 students, you get one teacher. Um, that's an amount of money. But if you bump that up to 25 to 1, uh, then it allows you to send boards a lot less money. So in this case, it's about $276 million dollars less, but also it's about 3,000 fewer teachers. So I think the province is totally right. Nobody's going to lose their job directly, but there are fewer teacher positions. So it doesn't mean that, you know, class A or B is going to go up by one or two or three students. It means that it's harder for boards to have some very small classes and some larger classes because you've lost your flexibility because you've lost the teacher positions. So uh, obviously the smaller the class size, the more teachers that are going to be needed, the more jobs. Exactly. Exactly right. All right. How you essential? Got it in a nutshell. Yeah. How essential is the the issue of class size, though, when it comes to the quality of education? Because that's an argument we keep hearing from the teachers, uh, the teachers' union. Well, I, 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 again, I think it's a little bit of a red herring because. Because I really don't think this is, you know, it's it's not really a discussion about class size. Class sizes are important. It's, you know, it's important to have a real small class if you've got kids who have very high needs or you're in a, a shop class, something with a lot of equipment, maybe some kind of very advanced science classes. It's important. But again... To, to me, the real issue here isn't whether or not the class sizes are going to change slightly. It's that there are going to be thousands fewer teachers. And that means that kids won't have the choices of kinds of classes. So, you know, if you have a class in grade 11 that's a very particular kind of science class, but only 10 people want to take it, you won't be able to offer it because there just won't be enough teachers. Yeah, And give me your take on, I was just talking to a teacher before the break and before we brought you on about uh, classroom size. And I mean, can a teacher not teach to a bigger room and still give individual attention to those who are having trouble with the subject matter? Because I think naturally there's going to be those students that accept sell at the subject matter and don't need as much attention. I, absolutely. But again, this, this isn't, it's really, um, you know, the, the issue here is setting thousands of teachers. It's not whether class sizes are going to grow or shrink. It's that there will be thousands of fewer teachers in the province. All right. Also wanted to talk to you as well, Annie, about how well-equipped today's school rooms are, because uh, we've heard of teachers bringing their own supplies to class, uh, buying supplies uh, for the kids. Uh, is that really necessary? Well, that's a hard question, too. I mean, there you think of the amount of fundraising parents do, too. So, 
you know, that's, yeah, I don't think there's a kind of black and white there. Uh, parents and teachers, you know, either supply equipment or fundraise for more because they want there to be more in in classrooms. Uh, sometimes it's hard to know, is this, have we gone, you know, kind of overboard here? Do we really need all this uh, equipment? But teachers do definitely in elementary school and high school bring a lot of their own supplies, uh, you know, to try and make sure there's enough you know, everything from paper and pens to, um, you know, tech equipment and stuff like that. I think that it's, you know, part of that issue it does, you know, it is, you can put it together with the amount of fundraising parents do, and there's a lot of extra money that goes into the system from parents and from teachers. Yeah, but do you have a sense, I mean, is it necessary in order to teach to the curriculum, or is these, are these the actions, do you think, of some teachers and some uh, parents who have chosen to do this individually because they believe this is best for their class or their kids? Uh, yeah, I think it's more, I don't think that uh, it's a very hard question. Um, yeah. I don't, I, yeah, it, I, I'm not sure it's totally necessary. It is out of a feeling of I want to have, uh, you know, I want to have more in my school. There definitely is a feeling that things are tight um, and that it's harder to have uh, funding for maybe the amount of equipment that, that you might think you might need. It's harder to get that money. We're, con- we're seeing in boards across the province, uh, you know, a tightening of belts, uh, you know, that there's less out there to provide, you know, but that's, and this again goes to, you know, all of the issues that are happening right now. I don't think anybody's arguing, uh, you know, against efficiency or against, you know, making sure we're spending money in the right areas. But the biggest worry right now is that we're actually cutting teachers. Joined by Annie Kidder, Executive Director of People for Education, as, of course, Ontario's public high school teachers have staged a one-day strike. Uh, Annie, for those that think that this is really all about salary, and we've talked a bit about uh, this being about jobs, uh, comparatively, uh, how well paid are Ontario teachers to, I don't know, the rest of the world? They're they're comparatively well paid. They're not comparatively well paid if you compare teachers' salaries uh, to other people who have had that level of education. Um, but I, you know, again, I think it's important to be clear here that even though I'm don't I'm loath to talk about actual negotiations, um, that all teachers are asking for is a cost of living increase. So they're just trying to make sure that their salaries don't go down, basically. Um, so they want it pegged to which you know other jobs have too, uh, to the cost of living, which means, you know, in some years it would be less, some years more. Uh, but it's just pegged to the actual, you know, Canadian number on uh, inflation. That's what they're asking for. Yeah, and obviously like any other uh, person, anybody else employed, they don't want to be working for, say, the next three years and losing ground. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So is it true, though, just to kind of clear the air on this and clear this up, are Ontario teachers, whether it's high school or elementary, are they indeed uh, among the upper echelon or the best paid in the world? Because we keep hearing that from the other side. I, no, I don't think that. I don't think that's necessarily a truth, but I'm like, again, with a lot of hedging here because I'd have to go and really, truly look. And yeah. the hard part in all of this is there's so much politics on everybody's sides that you have to kind of take you have to take a lot of things with a grain of salt, except the changes to funding are definitely, I mean, that's in our kind of nonpartisan role. We look very hard at funding. We go through all the numbers. We look at the technical paper. We check them with everybody to make sure that we're not wrong. And even the financial something or other office of Ontario, it's a body of the legislature, it looked at the numbers um, and said, you know, there, this is a big cut to funding. Uh, this is, you know, thousands of teachers' jobs that won't be there. 
Yeah, just finally, Annie, let me ask you, uh, what is the end game here, do you think? I mean, what is the resolution? Uh, how are we going to find middle ground? Oh, my, you know, well, I, I think if, if anybody knew that, they maybe they would have found it so far. Sure. I mean, right, <laughs> as you know, once you're in the middle of things like this, partly it's trying to understand, you know, where the popularity lies in a way, or, you know, can we keep everybody on our side? I hope that what we remember is that the money we spend on education is an investment. Yes. It's hugely expensive. It's $24 billion. But we just had the results of the international testing. Our kids are doing really well. It's important that we spend this money. And eventually, it takes a long time, but eventually we get it all back. We get it all back and people paying higher taxes and not being a, you know, a cost to the system in various other ways. So economists have looked at this and gone, every dollar we spend, eventually we get a dollar thirty back. So we have to remember it that way, too. All right. Annie Kidder, Executive Director of People for Education. Annie, really appreciate your time and your perspective, particularly on this day. Thanks so much. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.